0: 1 Peter, continuing in that series, page 588. If you didn't bring a Bible and you want to look in a pew Bible, it'll be in there. So last week I I mentioned, and I'll remind you again, series named Courageous because following Christ is is going to take courageous acts uh, more so than ever before because of the way our world is changing. The word courageous means not deterred by danger or pain and is exemplified by being brave. So uh, the Lord is asking us to be brave, be brave, be courageous, uh, and to follow Him and to walk in Him. For us to live out a First Peter life, uh, we're going to have to be brave. We're going to have uh, to be courageous. It's going to be uh, very promising, but this message today is going to be challenging as well. So let's start in First Peter Uh, We're going to be in verses 22 to 25. The writer here is examining some connections between the words love, obedience, and the Word. We're going to take the first two of those and talk about those first two concepts today. Uh, But let's go ahead and read out of 1 Peter, again, page 588, uh, chapter 1, 22 to 25, and then we'll get started. It says, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For, all flesh is like grass, and it's glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So I'm just going to take this uh, into two parts today, so I'm going to talk about two things. First. We want to talk about the the beginning of the verse, having purified uh, your souls by your obedience to the truth, and, and try to find out what it means, purified by obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love. How do you purify yourself? What's that word mean? What's the word purify mean to you? Cleanse. Okay, what else? If something's pure, what is it? It's clean. Keep going. Holy, perfect, keep going. I'm looking for something specific. What? Healthy, Healthy good. Innocent, Innocent no, not, we're getting there, but we're not quite there yet. Think of it from a uh, a chemistry standpoint. What would something pure be? Filtered, okay, but what else? Unique. Unique. I think that's a good way of putting it. When you say like something's pure, you want it to be 100% of what it says it is, right? You want, if you buy a gold ring, you want it to be 100% gold, right? You don't want it to be 98% gold or, or 75% gold or 50% gold. You want 100%, I, I paid for 100% gold, 100% gold. Yeah, when you buy salt, you want 100% salt. I, I always am a little alarmed, and you shouldn't do this, uh, when I read like water safety standards, <laughs> I want 100% water with nothing else in it. Unfortunately, we don't get that, do we? And you would be alarmed if, a, you know, filter it. We filter. Um, yeah. Filter your water. <laughs> you don't know what's in it. We want 100% of something. So when when he's saying, when the writer here of 1 uh, uh, Peter is saying, purify your souls, purify yourself, I think the essence, if we were to really want to get at what he's talking about, is be 100% for God. 100% God's own person, creation, possession. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, we're not 100%, are we? Were, ninety percent, or eighty, or seventy, or ninety-nine. I mean, how much is too much poison in your water, right? You can tolerate a little poison before it kills you. You know, if you had a glass of water, depending on how you know strong the poison is, you might put a drop in and still tolerate it. it might make you sick. We had an incident, I probably shouldn't tell, but a couple months ago where one of our dogs found a mouse trap with one of those little green poison food blocks in it, you know what I'm talking about? He ate the whole trap. (laughs) And it was, you know, we thought, okay, the dog's going to die. We took it to the doctor. They gave the dog something to throw up. The dog never did throw up. But the dog didn't die either because it wasn't enough poison to kill the dog. So you can tolerate, and I think if we think about from a a spiritual perspective of of being pure, we kind of tolerate some stuff that we shouldn't tolerate. We add a little bit of the world in, or we add a little bit of this sin, or a little bit of that uh, desire, or a little bit of this lust, a little bit in, and we're like, we, we can tolerate a little. I can tolerate a little of that and still be pretty close to pure. I can tolerate a little sin and still be okay with God. We, we just we trick ourselves into this, don't we? We talk ourselves into this. But the fact is, when we're doing that, we're playing with something that will potentially kill us, right? There's that, that story of… Uh, in, in you, there's stories about snakes, there's stories about all kinds of wild animals and trainers. Um, there was a story about a guy uh, with bears in Montana. He trained wild bears. But, 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 you know, fill in the blank. It could be a snake. Uh, it could be a lion. It could be a bear. But you hear the story about the trainer who for years has taken care of this animal, taken care of this animal. They have this great relationship, stick his head in the mouth, all that kind of stuff. And then one day the animal just kills him. It happens, right? It happened recently. At SeaWorld, where a killer whale killed. Do you guys remember that? A killer whale killed one of the employees. That's what sin is like in our life. When we're not purified and we're playing with just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit is enough to kill you. Just a little bit is enough to wreck you and wreck your life. And, 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 And convincing ourselves that we can play with it in small amounts and will still be okay is like playing with a lion or a a killer whale or or a giant snake or a a grizzly bear that's someday going to turn and destroy us. So, the author of 1 Peter here is saying, purify yourself. And So, we're like, okay, well, how do we do that? You've convinced me I need to be pure. (laughs) How can I do that? By being obedient to the truth. Where do we find the truth? Let's look in 1 John. I'm sorry, not First John, John, but John 14, page 522 in your Bibles. It's going to be on the screen as well. Thomas, one of the 12, said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Again, remember last week we had that moment where it's the, you guys have that, that emoticon in your phone where it's like the hand on the face that Jesus was like, ugh. Thomas is like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus is like, you know what? I've been telling you this. I'm going to tell you again. I am the way, the truth, there's the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would know my Father also. From now on, you do know Him, and you have seen Him. We, so, so taking this, this passage into account, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. What's the truth? Jesus. This is the time you can use the Sunday School Answer, Jesus. Because it's actually the right answer, because Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, good and the life." So how do we purify ourselves? By obedience to Jesus Christ, full obedience to Jesus Christ results in purity. That sounds like a big ask, doesn't it? You're like, man, how can we ever be pure? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No other way, no other thing will get you to God. No other thing will will give you the abundant life in this world and the eternal life in the next that I will. And only by being pure to me, undefiled, 100% can you find the, the truth and the life. So, How does that look? How does that obedience look? How how can we become obedient to a Savior who is Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, the life, uh, the one to whom we are purified for? What does that look like? Let's take a look at Romans 10. It's going to be in page 551. I'm going to turn to it in my Bible. Romans 10, uh, we're going to read 12 through 17. It says this, There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's important to know. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news here it is, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith, that's faith in Christ, faith in God comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of God. So there's this connection, and, and we're going to take part of it next week, but there's, connect, there's this connection of love, obedience, and the Word of Christ. It's talked about in Romans, Paul talks about it. The author of first, uh, first Peter talks about it, and we read it just a moment ago. That there's there's this this connection that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Right, so so you kind of have this this question, and, and like I said, we'll talk about it again next week. What is the word? Do you guys remember John, first chapter, one, one, in the beginning was the word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That is a, a, a declaration of who Christ is. We're going to unpack that more next week, but we need to understand what this, this connection between love, obedience, and the Word is. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be difficult for us to figure out how to be purified to Him. So, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. That is why I, I love, I've, I've told you this before, I had that professor in seminary, and he used to tell me, always let the Bible interpret the Bible. And that's one of the reasons that in the message, and in the service, and in our music, it's all Scripture. Uh, we don't just sing any song we want to sing. We sing songs that, that, that proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we read Scripture to help us understand other Scriptures. So when we read 1 Peter uh, 22 to 25, we want to know what it means. Then we go to John, and we go to Romans, and we go to other places in Scripture because they cast light. They, they illuminate, if you will, what it says, and then we can understand it. We don't just read a verse and then make some stuff up, right? So how do we do this? Um, first, we become purified by obedience to the truth, for sincere brotherly love. Then the second aspect that he talks about here is love for one another, right? Love one another. Let's read 1 Peter again from the beginning. He says, having purified your souls, become 100% clean, 100% of the Lord, by obeying the truth, that's hearing the truth, understanding the truth, knowing the truth of Jesus Christ, for sincere brotherly love. He says this, love one another from a pure heart, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you've been born again not of perishable seed but imperishable through the living and abiding Word of God. So why do we love one another? In fact, how do you, do you, do you struggle sometimes with loving people, right? Who, who is the easiest person to love? Yourself, I like who said that. <laughs> Yeah? An, uh, an animal. <laughs> there you go, the dog and the cat. I love my cats. They almost never do anything wrong, and when they do, it's like, it's okay. They just roll over and it's like, okay, you're, you're fine. You ever heard that saying, you hurt the one you love? Sometimes it's the person we're closest to that we're the most. And some of you are looking at each other. Children are looking at parents. Spouses are looking at each other, and they're like, Yeah you know, the claws come out. We, we have, and I think this is, this is really the heart of the gospel, we have a love problem, don't we? Who said love yourself? Who said that? That was a good answer. Oh, Denise, thank you. And that's where this is going to connect because there's really two kinds of love, and we're going to kind of unpack that here. Um, and, and, and I want you to think about the answer to this question. How much time do you really spend loving others? You know, last week we talked about being engaged in the moment and living. Living in the time you're in, living in the moment you're in, being engaged with the people you're around. Part of that is born out in love, isn't it? But, but part of what we do is just kind of go through the day and we're looking down the road to whatever that thing is. You know, it's like, I'm going to take a nap, or I'm going to get off work, or I'm going to go out to eat, or I'm going to do this, or that, or the other. And we, we just kind of muddle. Anybody muddle? You spend a lot of time in the middle of the day muddling. Let's be honest. Muddle through the middle of the day to get to that thing you want to get to. Where last week we were, we were commanded to live in the moment, this week he's saying love in the moment. Take time to get to know somebody. Build a relationship. Actually love. Uh, let's take a look at John 13. We're going to be in John a little bit, so you can just stick your finger in your Bible. 525, 526 in the Pew Bible. We're going to be right in those couple pages for a little bit. John 13, uh, 34 and 35. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. This is a great commandment too, right? Love one another. And I think we read that and we go, oh, that's easy. Is that Is it really? (laughs) Uh, Love one another. And then He gives you the the model, the pattern. How do you love one another? Love one another just as I have loved you. That's when you should go, (laughs) oh, that's tough. Love one another in the way Christ has loved you. And how much has Christ loved you? this much, enough to get up on a cross and die for your sin. He's loved you. That's that's one of the kinds of love we're going to talk about here. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know, not just the fellowship of believers and Christians and other churches, all people will recognize and see something in us, and they will know That person is a disciple of Jesus Christ because of the way he loves the people around him or her. That person is a Christ, that must be a Christ follower because of the way they love me. You ever loved somebody who was difficult to love? Do you go through your day sometimes looking for those? Anybody, that's like a challenge for you. No? That's like a challenge for me. I do that. I try to find a difficult person. The person that's not smiling, the, 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 the person at the checkout who's grumpy, what, you know, the, the lady at the post office, whatever, whatever it is, right? And, and you try to interact with them and they're just like, Rrr. that's like for me, you know, some people they get offended. Well, they're like, well, I never. I'm not going to deal with you. You're a horrible person. Me, that's like a challenge. It's like, oh, yeah, let's love, (laughs) right? That's what he's saying here. Love one another. Why? Because Jesus Christ loved you, and in fact, you're only capable of love because he loved you first. Did you know that? You're not just capable of it on your own. You're capable of loving the difficult people. You're capable of loving your children your spouse, your parents, your neighbors, those who you disagree with politically, those who root for the other team. Whatever it is, you're, you're capable of loving those people because of what Christ has done for you. But there's two kinds of love here, really, if we if we break it down. There's, there's a love born out of obedience, and there's a love born out of sacrifice. And they're not either one right or wrong. They're just Different, right? A love born out of obedience, it, it, that's the love that, that Peter is talking about when he says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly, which means sincerely, which if you look up the word earnest, it means sincere. If you look up the word sincere, it means true. Okay? From a true heart. You you are loving from a pure heart and true heart, one in which there's no hidden agendas, none in which there's nothing hidden and secret. You're just loving because Christ loved you, and you're just passing that love on as a conduit of the love of Christ. That's a love born out of obedience, because Christ died for you, and He said, love others, and He said, do this because I've commanded you, and people will recognize you because of your love, then we do it because He said so. That's like an obedient love. That's a hard one, right? (laughs) Because sometimes you just want to claw their eyes out. Don't pretend like you haven't wanted to claw their eyes out. A real abiding love for God is expressed as a love of obedience. We do and we love because God said to do it, period, end of story. Sometimes we just do it because He said so, okay? Now, there's another kind of love. This is a love, well, well but before we get to that, I, I, I want to I hit one more thing, this, this abiding love, this obedient love. Um, do you remember the story of Abraham? I love this story because um, when we read it, we think about it, uh, often I think we think from a different perspective, but you remember Abraham was told by the father to take his son and go up to a mountain and sacrifice him. Do you remember the story? So, he gathered his son, he gathered some servants, he gathered the things he would need for the fire uh, and the animals to carry the stuff, and they traveled for a number of days, and then they stopped, and he turned to his servants, and he said, my son and I are going to go a little further up the mountain. I love this word. He said, we're going to go a little further up the mountain to worship. If you were going to do that, <laughs> do you think you could look at your servants and say, we're going to go worship God? See, for, for Abraham, the word worship and the word obedience were synonymous. And I think that's where we run into trouble in church when we call singing songs worship. And when we say, I'm going to go Sunday morning to church and the worship service is at 10. Because we've, I don't know if we've tricked ourselves or confused ourselves or what, but we have this idea in our head, worship is singing some songs, hearing a message, praying together, fellowship, fellowship. Uh, communion, and those things can be elements of worship, but the fact is that to really worship, first and foremost, number one on the list is to obey. And if we come and we do all this stuff that we do here, and then we leave, and we're not obeying in a pure heart sense, 100% living for Christ, we're just fooling ourselves with what we do here. So it's a little strange, I think. I don't know what we would call this instead. We call it a worship service. That's what churches call it. We call singing some songs, singing worship music, <laughs> right? Maybe when some churches called it a praise service, maybe that was really a better term. We're going to go to church for the praise service, and the praise team, you ever heard it called that? The praise team's going to sing, and they're going to lead us in praise. You know where the real worship service is? Guess. It's out there. No, it's not Jesus. Good try. It's out there. The real worship service takes place as soon as you walk out that door and you get in the car with your family and you have an opportunity to either love each other or begin to fight again. (laughs) And don't pretend that didn't happen. Uh, last Sunday or this morning on the way here. Some people probably aren't here today because they got in a fight and decided not to come. And some of us before this message we were probably going to have a fight afterwards in the parking lot. Now we're going to think twice about it, right? Because the real worship service happens out there. This is preparation. This is where we praise God. We hear from God. We study God's Word. We fellowship together. There are elements of, of Of worship in what we do, but real worship, especially if you define it according to the way Abraham defined it, is full obedience to God. He was fully prepared, as weird as a request as it was, he was fully prepared to take his first son and take him up on a mountain. He had him tied to an altar. He had a knife in his hand, and he was ready to do what the Lord said to do, and then the Lord said, stop. You've proven your love to me, through your obedience. Now, take your son off. I'll provide a sacrificial animal. You know, it's love that story. It's weird, but when you cast it over the story of Christ, do you see all the similarities that begin to appear? You have a father who was willing to sacrifice his son, and there was a substitution for the son. Now, when our Father God in heaven sends His own Son, His Son becomes a substitution for us because we were supposed to be the ones that died for our sins because in Romans it says what? The wages of sin. What my sin earns is what? Death. Spiritual separation from God, physical death in this world, and an afterlife in a place we don't want to go. But the Father sent His Son to be that substitution for us, and His Son was obedient to go to the cross, to carry that for us. That's the first kind of love. John fifteen nine and 10 says, As the Father has loved me, this is the words of Christ, Christ is speaking, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That means stay connected. Abide in my love. Stay connected to my love. Jesus talks about being the vine and we're the branches. The, the branches stay connected to the vine. That's what it means to abide. When you prune a plant and you cut off some branches, they're not abiding anymore right? Think about that idea of abiding back with the connection to being pure. You have to be 100% connected to something to grow. Um, have you ever, you have a plant or, or, or something in your house, and you broke a leaf, but it wasn't fully disconnected, and you're like, I think I'll leave it just to see if maybe it'll like grow back together. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you're laughing because some of you who do plants, you're like, that's ridiculous. They don't grow back together. This is a sad story, but our middle daughter came home last summer, and she brought this beautiful plant that she loved, Uh, and she squirted it with water every day, and she cared for it. It was this, I don't know what kind of plant, but it had these huge fronds, let's call them. Really pretty. She brought it in the house. She went back out the car to get her luggage, and between the time she walked to the curb to get her luggage and come back in, one of our cats found that plant. And you know what cats like to do with fronds? <laughs> that cat ate about 15 of those fronds before she got back in and she came in the house and she was like, "No!" Guess what happens? The they just stay chewed off on the end. They don't grow new points. You know, so now she has a bunch of pretty fronds and then a bunch of like chewed up ones. Those those fronds that got chewed off, they didn't abide anymore. Christ is calling us to abide. So he says in John, he says, As the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Stay connected to me. A hundred percent. Fully connected as as a vine or a leaf or a flower is connected to the plant. And he says, If you keep my commandments, that's obedience. If you obey my commands, you will abide in my love. You want to know how to abide in Christ? You obey his commands. Obedience and worship and love are all the same thing, basically. In God's economy. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands, and I abide in His love. Now, there's another aspect of love I mentioned a minute ago, kind of a second aspect. Real love for one another is also an expression of sacrifice. Abraham didn't have to follow through with the sacrifice part. He was obedient, the Lord spared his son. He provided an alternate. But a real love for another is expressed in sacrifice. And we don't do that very well because we're selfish. Went to a concert a couple weeks ago, and the guy, it was Acoustic Alchemy. If I already told this story, I'm sorry, but these great guys, they play guitar, drums, amazing music. Um, and at one point, they stop the concert, and the guys, you know, they're like doing this set where they, they just play a note. Dun, 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 dun. And the guy's like, okay, let's do it five times. And the whole band goes, da, 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 five times. And he's like, I want more. He's a British guy. He says, like, I'm a greedy man. I want more. Let's do 17. So the band's like, da, 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 17 times. And he's like, I still want more. I'm a greedy man. Let's do 25. Da, 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 da. It was really cool. And it sounds weird here. But the principle is true we want more, we're greedy. We're selfish. Christ knew that. God knows that. The Holy Spirit knows that. And and, and a real love for one another is expressed in being willing to sacrifice. And that's one of the reasons Christ was sacrificed on our behalf, was to show us another way to live, to to show us that loving others was going to require a sacrifice of something of ourselves. We unselfishly put others before ourselves, and that's a way of showing the love of Christ to other people. Listen to what Jesus said, John 15 again, just a little bit down from where he says to abide. He says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And in the case you didn't know, he gives a little foreshadowing of what's going to happen. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life one's friends. There's no greater love, Jesus says, than to lay down your life for someone else. And then He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Back to obedience. Do you see this, this, this cycle of, of love, obedience, purity, and then next week we're going to connect the Word of God to this. It, it, we'd be here for another hour if we tried to connect the Word of God. So, you're glad that this morning, I actually just this morning cut this message in half, or we'd have like another hour right now. So you're happy. We'll connect the Word to it next week. But what I want you to see is that Jesus says that um, this is a foreshadowing. He's saying something's going to happen where I'm going to lay down my life, and, and He foreshadows this, and He talks to the disciples about it, and they're like, oh, no, 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 that can't happen, and, but then it does. But He says for us to remember As we walk in obedience to the Father, that the greatest way to love another person is to put them before you. That's a love of sacrifice. A love of obedience is doing what the Father says. A love of sacrifice is putting others before yourself. Do you remember when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was? If you're still not sure this is what Jesus is saying, what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? But that wasn't enough. He said, and, the, uh, and the, uh, the, the second one, the other one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Man, did you see the connection here? Abide with the Father. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That speaks to purity, 100% His. In, in you, no shadow. No question. No split. No, 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 no split uh, of who will I will obey today. Will I, will I follow the world or will I follow the Father? A, a, a purity that's expressed in the love that, that He says of your heart. Your soul, your mind, your strength, your everything is His. That's a love of obedience. And then a love that sacrifices for one another. As Jesus put it, to lay down your life for a friend. As He put it another way, to to love your neighbor as yourself. These are the things that, that quantify what the gospel is. If we want to know what the gospel is, and we want to explain the gospel to somebody, these are the things we talk about. First Peter, uh, the author here, has has compressed, if you will, the gospel of Jesus Christ into these couple of sentences, and he has said, "This is what it means to be a Christ follower." This is what it means. Let's read it again. Having a purified soul, obedience to the truth and a sincerely brother a sincere brotherly love. One, love one another earnestly and from the heart. Since you have been born again, you're new now. Since you've been born again, not with perishable seed but the imperishable seed of Christ through the living and abiding word of God. That's what the gospel is. Anybody says, "Hey, tell me what the gospel is." Turn to 1st Peter. 22 to 25, and begin to unpack that with them. But first, man, we've got to unpack this idea of what worship really is. Again, this is great. Praising God, reading Scripture, studying the Word, being prepared, fellowship, communion, giving, talking about missions. This is good. But the worship service of our lives in the world is where the greatness is. And that's what He's calling us to do. To step out of here in obedience, because He said to, and in sacrifice of what we want for ourselves. In order to make His name known, in order to make His kingdom known. In order that people who He loves will hear the gospel and have an opportunity to respond to. That's the message. Next week, we're going to connect the Word to that, and it's going to get even, wow, heavier. It's good. It's good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we uh, we wrap up the the first half of, of this segment of the message, Lord, challenge us to think about what we've heard today. Read through the Scriptures again. Examine our hearts. Try us. Test us. See if there's any wicked way in us, Lord. Your Scripture says to be purified. Uh, and sometimes we, we get that word confused. We talked recently about what it means to be holy, and, and we get these ideas of mysticism and darkness and candles, and it's, it, maybe it's because of the, the religious systems we've grown up in. Uh, before we were saved, Lord, we have this idea of what holiness is, and it's something else altogether. And we read Scripture, and it says, Be pure, and we have this other idea of what purity really means, Uh, But if we think about it, Lord, the way you've laid it out to us today, that purity is just being 100% for you, 100% your possession, 100% under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that that, that looks completely different than these mystic ideas we have, Lord. And what you've laid out for us today, it becomes actionable. When the truth is is actually Jesus Christ. When the Word, when it says the Word in Scripture and the Word is Jesus Christ, we can begin to focus our thoughts and our hearts and our actions on You, Lord, and following Christ as our Savior, then these things that You're telling us to do become actionable. We can walk into them because we understand what they mean. So, Lord, challenge us today to purify, as Peter, uh, the writer of Peter said, he said, purify ourselves. Lord, that doesn't mean we have to be burned or boiled or filtered. We just have to be filled. So, Lord, fill us again. Lord, fill us with your Spirit. Lord, uh, if there is any wicked way in us, Lord, take it away. Fill us anew with the Spirit, the Spirit of sonship. Lord, make the words of Christ true in us that that we can love you with our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, our everything. Lord, when we learn how to walk into that, the one that's like it is not as hard anymore. Loving my neighbor becomes easy when I love and obey you. But if I try to do it the other way around, and mess it up every time. Lord, we love you. We want to honor you with our lives. Change us, mold us, shape us, cleanse us, purify us. And then commission us, Lord, to the worship service outside this, this building the worship service in the car on the way home, the worship service at the house this afternoon, the worship service at, at work tomorrow. Lord, these are the worships that you have called us to. May we be obedient to those. May we be sacrificial to, to those people because you love them and you want them to be your possession again. Let's, so Lord, change us And we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, we pray.